Welcome to Paranormal Heart, a place where people can talk about their paranormal experiences. With your host, Cat Ward. everyone. Welcome to Paranormal Heart Podcast. I really appreciate you spending your precious time with me and my guest tonight, so thank you. Folks, you asked and I delivered. I had a listener who requested this topic. I won't mention his name because I don't have his permission, but he asked to hear an episode on tarot cards. So in episode 99, I am joined by the amazing Lisa Morrison. Lisa tells us a bit about the history of tarot, how she cleanses her decks, and gives a bit of advice on how to get started in tarot reading. Lisa is an evidential psychic medium who brings forth information from spirit for validation that life continues after death, as well as to bring comfort and healing to those still here in the physical realm. She is clairaudient and clairsentient, and uses those gifts along with the tarot to provide psychic insight to help you take control of your life to live up to your true potential. Lisa has studied evidential mediumship at the Journey Within Spiritualist Church and Montclair Metaphysical Center with numerous internationally known tutors from the U.S. and Arthur Finley Spiritualist College in England. She is also a paranormal investigator, certified in past life regression therapy, and has had her mediumship abilities tested for authenticity and has been certified through Mark Ireland. With this certification, she is able to volunteer for helping parents heal a nonprofit organization for parents who have lost a child. Lisa is a very fascinating lady for sure. Now, folks, if you hear strange voices or growls, don't worry. Lisa had one of her beautiful birds with her. Penny, an umbrella cockatoo, was very, very chatty. I think she was trying to hog the conversation. If you'd like to share your encounters on the show, I'd love to have you on. You can send me an audio recording of your encounter. You can write it for me to narrate or we can record our conversation together, whatever you feel comfortable with. And if you have questions, comments, or have a topic or guest you'd like to hear on the show, let me know at paranormalheart13 at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. And if you enjoy the show, please like, share, subscribe, and leave a comment. Tell your friends, don't keep it to yourself. Tell the world about Paranormal Heart Podcast. You can tell them that new episodes are released on the second and last Sunday of each month, at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can find me on YouTube, Podbean, KPNL Digital Network on Thursday nights, and any place you find fine podcasts. Now, on with the show. Hello, Lisa. Welcome to Paranormal Heart. Hi, Kat. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's really great having you on here. I'm very excited because I've had a listener uh, on YouTube recommend this topic because he is getting into it and I think he wanted to know a little bit, uh, probably get some pointers if uh, if possible. So uh, thank you for that listener submission and requesting and here you are. Yes, I'm so excited. Um, you know, I would figure we'd start maybe talking about the history first. Of course, yes, please. Because you know, a lot of people always wonder where it even came from. Yep. Um, so, you know, as far as like the uh, short end of it, 
It started in as a European parlor game in the 14th century, um, specifically in Italy in the uh, late 1430s. Um, now it's used as, as an intuitive tool, but um, initially it, the idea came off of um, what our regular playing cards were. Um, they became so popular that more wealthy families started to commission artists to customize their own decks. And that's really the, the very, very beginning phases of the tarot. Um, you know, from there, they took their typical four suits. Um, they added a fifth suit onto it, which is now called the Trump or Triumph cards, um, which are actually known now as the Major Arcana, the 22 Majors, um, which tend to be more, when you read the tarot, um, life, major life shifts. You know, whether it's good or bad, but a major shakeup in your life. Um, and then you've got your four minor suits, which would be based off of the traditional playing cards, you know, spades, clubs, all of that. Um, and the minor arcana are what things that you could look out for that go around the majors. Um, so you've got your uh, suit of swords, which is air, um, which tends to be more about thoughts, words, actions, um, communicating and decision making. Uh, then you have wands, which are fire, which is uh, energy, motivation, passions, life purpose, newest pentacle or coins, which is uh, earth, f uh, finances, work, material objects, possessions, career and wealth. And then cups is water, which represents our emotions, our feelings, intuition, creativity, um, could be relationships or emotional connections even to uh, yourself. That's super interesting because I know nothing about tarot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so another reason yeah. why i'm super excited um i've had a, a reading once and she was very very vague um it was uh i went back to school a, a few years ago and uh the student council would bring activities uh for the students to, for free so we had like uh artists doing caricatures of uh, students for free and then we had um a terror reader as well and i found she was um, very vague. I didn't feel like there was a connection with her and I, but yet mm -hmm. I've, I speak to so many people who have had uh, tarot readings, and they say it was amazing. Uh, I think it also does. Do, do you think it has something to do with the connection between the person you're reading and yourself as well? Absolutely. I mean, there's a, there's a couple different factors that come to mind as you're explaining that to me. Um, one could be there has to be. I always feel like because I'm a professional reader, that's, that's my career. Oh wow. Um, and there has to be an energetic connection between you and the person that you're reading. Absolutely. Um, also, I don't read them. I mean, I'm going to go through the traditional, but I don't read them traditionally because I do feel it, it at times can limit you. Um, you could study each card individually and know the meanings, um, especially when and you can get into like words reversals and what does it mean the opposite of and things like that. You know, you can read books on that and, and learn each card. But I also feel like sometimes it can limit the reader if they're not using their intuitive senses, um, you know, so for example, I could pull out, um, say I pulled out the death card, number 13, that's a major, and the lovers, number six, um, and they're next to each other. That to me, if you wanted to read that literally, death is an ending of something. It doesn't mean that somebody's dying, but it's the ending of, um, and the lovers card really is it's about relationships. So if those, if I pulled those two and I wanted to read them just for what the cards are worth, and what they mean. That to me means there's an ending of a relationship, right? Um, but sometimes there's two cards that come next to each other. And unless you're not really well versed in and know the, the meanings, like the back of your hand, because there could be multiple meanings per card, um, 
you may not be able to give more than a vague description of, well, I think it has to do with um, money changes or this or that. Um, you know, or even here, if we go back to that death and lovers card, mm -hmm. lovers is relationships. What if it's not a romantic relationship? What if it's a family member? Yes. What if you and a family member stop speaking? Um, you know, but obviously, if you're looking at the cards, you're going to assume lovers. Um, and that's it. But I, I like to use um, and how I teach it when I teach psychic development is what my gut feels off of it. Sometimes it's not the literal, literal meaning of the card. Um, sometimes I even tell people, look at the imagery, look at the colors, look at the throw out the book. Oh, wow. What are you drawn to? Mm -hmm. Especially for people in the beginning when I'm showing them how to do that because they're so in their head and they're so afraid to be wrong. You know, like, and yep. it's like we're here having fun, we're practicing, we're learning. The people, it's it's normal. We're a fear, fear of judgment, right? Mm -hmm. um, I'll say, well, just look at the card and tell me what you're drawn to in the card. Is, is there part of an image specifically? Is it a color? Is it? Um, and then from there, I'll say, okay, so you were drawn to this specific thing um, in the card, like, say it's the color yellow. Why, why were you drawn to that? See if you can feel into why you're drawn to that, you know, and then maybe they'll pick up on, um, I know this sounds funny. I mean, I don't know how much you know about like the chakras and energy centers, yes. and all that stuff mm -hmm. too, but like maybe they went right to like the solar plexus and the stomach and maybe they're having stomach issues or maybe there's a personal power issue. You know, does that make sense? Yes, it does. Yeah. <laughs> so, wow. Um, yeah. It, and it's. Like I said, sometimes it's it's okay to reference the book if you want, but that's exactly why I feel like sometimes when you have somebody that's reading you and they're not connecting, it may be that they feel like they can't connect with you, but they also can't. Oh my God, my birds are. It's okay. Um, but if they can't connect with you, sometimes it is, and it's just not an energetic match. And sometimes it's because they're not as versed in trusting their intuitive you know what I mean? And their yep. gut feelings, um, you know, or if they're clairvoyant, you know, trusting an image. I will do psychic tarot readings where I'll pull cards, but I, like I said, I won't use just the literal meaning. I'll see if I get a clairvoyant image or a feeling. And sometimes I'll get an image or feeling first and then pull a card to validate that for me, for my own, yeah. you know, and I'll be like, oh yeah, that card means to me what I saw or felt first before I relay the information. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now I'm starting to think maybe the uh, terror reader that I that I was talking about earlier, maybe she was going exactly according to what she was reading and she wasn't going according to intuition. And maybe I was also blocking her. Maybe instinctively I didn't want her to read me. I don't know. I, I've seen I've actually had that happen, too, where you're not the, the client's not feeling a person like me personally, like going for a reading for someone and they start to talk and I'm not feeling them. Mm -hmm. Right. Because, look, we especially if you're a spiritual person, we try to walk a good path and we try to be honest people and we try to just be genuine and kind to everybody. But you're going to meet people along the way. You just don't vibe with them. Like you, yep. you could meet them at a at an expo, for example, and um, you may they may be nice to talk to, but it's not someone you feel like you could hang out with. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes, totally. It's the same kind of thing, yeah. you know, and there's so many readers out there. And like I always even put out to the universe, who's meant to find me that would benefit from me and my energy and my readings will find me. Like there's no competition. Mm -hmm. um, and who, you know what I mean? And, and if somebody doesn't feel they vibe with me, I hope they find who they need that could help them. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, because sometimes you can meet somebody for the first time and instinctively not like them, and they would say, how, how come you don't like me, you don't know me? Well, yeah, you're right, I don't know you, but there's just something about you, you know, it's the energies, like, I, I always go with my with my gut. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like, I'll always give people the benefit of the doubt, but if I don't like them, it's just, it's a natural thing for people just not to like, you know, like dogs. If you look at a dog, sometimes they won't like a certain individual for uh-huh. whatever reason, they don't know you. And I have six dogs. Oh, wow. <laughs> I totally get that. You know, they know. There's certain people that come in my house and they're jumping on them and they want attention. And then yep. others, they kind of look at them and then they just turn around and walk away. And they're yep. not excited. Like, they're yeah. like, yeah, nope. <laughs> That's yeah. funny. I have one dog and three cats. Oh, I have seven cats. So, yeah. Oh, wow. And you have birds <laughs> as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Love my animals. Yeah. How many birds? Uh, getting off topic here. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I have an interesting life. Um, so I have, what, seven birds? Oh, wow. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I'm busy. I'm busy, but they bring me a lot of joy. And they, sometimes that's my, um, almost like my therapy, mm-hmm. especially because there are times that I feel like a, a therapist, even though I'm not, right? Because you have people when they come for tarot readings, psychic readings, or mediumship readings, you know, and you're, you're dealing, they're dealing with grief, or they're dealing with life changes, um, you know, so yes, I'm reading, I'm reading them and, and I'm tapping in psychically and, and using the cards as a guide or as a tool. But then, you know, I also feel like you have compassion for people and what they're going through and some, you know, there's advice that comes out too. Um, so sometimes I like to come home and just sit with my animals because it's like that unconditional love. It kind of like gives me my energy back. If that yeah, because it can be totally draining trying to read people. Yeah. Yeah. And they, and they're going to you to get answers that they can't get anywhere else. Right. No, it's true. Although I do, I'll tell you as a reader, I try to also empower people to make their own decisions. Like I don't want them to make a decision off of what I got. Um, I do tell people even with tarot, um, free wills involved, like we could be tapping into the current energy of where things are headed. If you don't like where they're headed, you have the free will to change that. It'll alter the course. Um, same thing too. People ask me with tarot and timing, um, you know, and timing techniques. Now there are different techniques, Again, time is fluid, mm-hmm. right? And on the other side there, there, there really is no sense of time. Um, so there's been times where I've been able to get timing and then I've got validation later on that the timing was correct. And then I've gotten, you know, I've had readings where I got the timing. Um, I may have gotten the month and we're thinking it's this year and it's the following year. Okay. You know? um, but I will say timing is determined. It can be determined a couple ways. Um, so the first one would be uh, the suit cards, minor arcana only, not the majors. Um, wands would be days or springtime swords would be weeks or autumn cups would be months or summer and pentacles would be years or winter Um, so for example pull three of pentacles three years or winter time also you want to try to use your intuition intuition to see if you can feel into that a little bit more and then another way to do it is um, the cards also uh, are associated with different astrological signs so some people do it that way so swords uh, which is air signs, which is Gemini, Libra, Aquarius. Uh, wands are fire, so Aries, Leo, or Sagittarius. Cups are water, so Cancer, Scorpio, Pisces. Um, and pentacles is Earth, which is Taurus, Virgo, or Capricorn. So that's a way to do timing. But I always tell people don't put too much stock into timing because energy is fluid and there's no real time on the other side. Could it be possible, too, that you would um, say have a feeling that it's going to happen in say three months from now and then something the person that you're reading does to change that and it's only going to happen like maybe in three years yeah 
yeah, the free will aspect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, here's an example. Say there's um, someone that has the opportunity to date someone and they're on the fence about it. And um, I tell them, you know, I, I, I always like to pull cards on both aspects. So we'll use this one for the example. What, what would be the outcome and how would you feel if you went forward with this relationship? You make the decision. I'm not telling you what to do with your life. Um, so if I tell them the relationship would be good, but they're still scared, there's something holding them back and they don't follow through, that could prolong how long it takes for them to end up together because that person obviously needed to work on something that maybe they were afraid of. Maybe they had a trauma, you know, from a prior relationship and that's what held them back. So it took, it, it did end up taking longer, you know? That makes total sense. Yeah. Do you have a favorite deck? Um, I like the traditional Rider Waite, but I just got these, which are based off the Rider Waite, but I, I love, um, I love art. Mm -hmm. So I probably have a hundred decks. Easy. Wow. Um, really? Actually, I just got this one a couple months ago. Um, Tarot Vintage, because I love, they almost look like, um, like it's on that paper. I can't remember what it's called. It's got like the yellowish kind oh. of background, like yeah. they look antique. Um, but no, I, t I tend to, I have lots of different ones with different art artists. And um, I always tend to go back for when I'm reading somebody, like a client professionally, the writer weight. Like that's what I feel like I connect with the boat the most. Mm -hmm. But I love to play around at home, like or for friends or my family, like yeah. with the other decks I have. Um, I have fairy tale decks. I have all kinds of unique, <laughs> different, I have like, you know, the, the um, recently came out with, which was not the Nightmare Before Christmas I ones I got last year. Um. I just recently got, what was it? Oh, the Hocus Pocus deck. Oh. That was cool. That came out in the fall. Yeah, so I love to collect them. Yeah. But, I, yeah, I always still go back. And, you know, because they'll change it up. So I'm trying to think. For example, the um, I have a Halloween deck that I love. Like the pumpkins or the pentacles. <laughs> but, like, trying to remember for me sometimes where I'm like, then I'm looking in the book going, well, what, what were the pumpkins again? And what were the, you know, because yeah. it's not that I know cups, swords, wands. Yeah. The more traditional <laughs> ones that people yeah, are familiar with. Yeah, because I use them all the time. Yeah. yeah. So have you ever used a deck and you're starting to read someone, then you're like, nope, this isn't the right deck. And then you go and you pull another deck? Yes, I have. Because yeah. um, once in a while I'll throw oracle cards in there too. Mm -hmm. um, I know a lot of whole slew of those. Um, like I'll be feeling like, oh, we got to dive a little bit deeper into, I don't know, finances, for example, for somebody. So I'll have like, I have like an abundance okay. angels deck. I'll pull that out too. And sometimes I'll feel like, yeah, yeah, this is right. And sometimes I'm like, nah, I'm not feeling like I'm not getting the right guidance off those cards. So then I'll put that one to the side and then go to another deck. Hmm. I have done that before. Um, and then there are times where. I only had one deck on me and someone's like, could you read me? And, and I'm like, all right, fine. And it's not the deck I normally use. So I'll mm -hmm. just pull it out and start pulling the cards and I'll go like, I'm not feeling it. And I've even purchased decks. Like there'll be decks that look really cool in a store or mm -hmm. online and I'll buy them and I'll get them and I'll cleanse them and shuffle them. And then I'll even start to play for myself. And I'll, you, I don't just like we were talking with a person earlier, yep. like a client, no connection. Like I'm not feeling like it's, bond like energetically bonding with me where I feel like I'm going to get um accurate guidance from it yeah you know you just answered a question I was going to ask if you cleansed your cards <laughs> I do. Yeah. and how do you do it yeah so some people like the sage you know smudge um, yep. or palo santo um some people like to leave them out in like the moonlight like the full moon or the new moon um I because I do several a day back to back 
Um, so to clear them quick in between, I actually hold them in my non-dominant hand and knock three times with my dominant hand with the intent of clearing out any residual energy from the last person. Can you sometimes feel that energy leaving the deck? Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's what's so weird is you could actually feel as it's, it's almost like someone, um, I don't know when someone's like, you know, like one of those little powder puff things and you smack it and you feel like the powder go. Yeah. That's what it reminds me, (laughs) reminds me of. Um, and then the other thing too, is especially if you allow people to touch your deck, some people, some, um, tarot readers want the person they're reading to infuse their energy very strongly into their deck. So they'll hand them the deck and say, hold it for a minute think about your questions, shuffle the deck, pull your cards or, or, or the reader could shuffle and and spread out the cards, like Mm -hmm. fan them out and say, here, pick your cards. Some readers are like, don't touch my deck. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> but they don't want somebody else's energy yeah. in. But like regardless, I I've let people do that before pull, but most of the time I'll, I'll pull them. Like I'll feel drawn to. And then there's even different ways to pull the cards, you know? Like it's mm. what it resonates for you. But yeah. um either way, I always feel like I because my intention even if I didn't let the client touch the cards, my intent was to get information for them um, that I still feel like some of their energy is absorbed even if they didn't touch it. So that's why I always feel like it's important to, to knock them out be- okay. between people. That's fascinating. You can even put a, a selenite um, crystal on them too. That's right? one selenite. of my favorite crystals, selenite. I love selenite. Yeah. yeah. Do you use any other crystals? Um, not not for reading, for other okay. things, but not for reading. Um, I mean, I, in the beginning though, it's funny, I was very, I don't know if I was like superstitious and celestite um which is more of like an angelic vibe as well it's okay. like a light blue i don't know what that is um i used to keep them next to me or keep one in my pocket and i also used to wear either hematite or um, black tourmaline to keep hematite. me grounded yeah. <laughs> i actually used to wear um because i my main reading technique uh, medium so that's I do more of those than I do the psychic greens but I do both um when I used to do uh group events galleries well I'd still do them in the beginning because I was nervous I went I had hematite bracelets I'd wear them on my ankles under my socks oh wow to keep me grounded yeah now I don't do it anymore now do you use the magnetite or the hematite the hematite. Okay, yeah. So, um, I was at one of our local crystal shops here, and I was telling them uh, they were selling uh, magnetite and labeling it as hematite. And I said, no, there's a difference. Mm-hmm. And they're like, there is? I'm like, yeah. And I told them, one's magnetic, one's not. Right. You, you're selling the magnetic one. And like, oh, okay. So I don't, I've I, I've been back there, yes, and I know they have relabeled. So Because I, I told them, I said, you need to read up on it. Like, And they're very, very well versed in crystals and everything but that is a a misconception that i find a lot of people have between the two yeah and same too i've i've gone into um, stores before and it's hard i mean if you know about crystals and you know what properties to look for you could tell like you were able to tell the difference but if you're a newbie and you're going off of of stores expertise and i but i've seen it at other places by me in new york um was a black onyx and um tumbled black tourmaline and like sometimes they get mixed or even shungite i've seen it oh really like, yes hmm. like i'm like Ugh. but yeah i mean i get it's a darker like the black but like and it's shiny but there is a difference in the properties i mean and i'm very sensitive to them so i'll go into a crystal shop and i'll put one in my non-dominant hand and close my eyes and i like feel feel that like i feel almost like a tingle yeah 
Yeah. Why so. non-dominant? Is it because you're uh, you're more in tune with your dominant hand, so yeah. you're, you're able to pick up on small energies better with your non-dominant? Yeah, like okay. Not, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like um something with the strength of my if, of dominant hands. Um, that yeah, it would be the other one is a little bit more sensitive because it's not used to. Yeah. Plus, um, another way to do it too, because not everybody is a righty, right? So you've got lefty. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm a dominant. I'm a righty. Um, your left hand is your receiving hand for everybody. Oh. Yeah. So your left, your left side of your body is receiving. Um, so sometimes, even if you're, you know, that's your dominant hand, you can, you may want to put. If you're trying to receive the energy of something like a crystal you like you want to absorb that wear it or use it in your left hand so and then you've got the um and that's also the masculine side and then the right side's the feminine side i actually didn't know that i'm sorry i love that bird what's his name oh penny penny hi penny (laughs) i know the listeners can't see but (laughs) hi you said hi so have you ever uh, had a client where they just had really bad energy and you just either didn't, you're like, no, sorry, I'm not reading you, or you're going to try and help them get rid of that negative energy? So, um, yes, I've, I mean, I've been doing this for 11 years now. So I, I've met a lot of yeah. people. Um, there's actually, there's a couple that stand out to me in my mind over the years, um, and what was interesting, I'd say the first, I don't know, five or six years of my career, you know, I was always nervous because that's normal, right? You know, you're not, I'm supposed to give it up to whoever's supposed to come through, whatever information I'm supposed to receive, or even like, uh, you know, reading the tarot. And sometimes you have people that you tell them things they don't want to hear. Like if we're yeah. talking about like tarot and psychic, like things that come up. And um, so I have had that. Um, you know, I've also had people that were just totally blocked because there was um, similar they, they were focused on wanting to focus on one thing, but other information was coming through. And there was a reason, you know, and we think we know what we need, but sometimes the universe or our, our guides or our yep. loved ones on the other side know that there's something else we need to, to focus on or look at. So I have had people like that before. Um, and in the beginning, I used to be used to like close up and start to think it was me. Um, but now that I've been doing this so long, I've kind of I'm at that place where I trust there's a reason something's coming out. Um, if they want to be in denial about it or they want to say that I'm wrong, it's fine. I know it's, you know what I mean? Now I know it's not me because I've gotten enough validation over the years. Yeah. Um, so it used to be like, I would get scared and now I'm just kind of like, well, this is what I'm getting. So just hold on to it. You know, and if you don't want to hear it, then you don't want to hear it. But, um, I mean, I could think of an example, although this woman wasn't, wasn't mean, but like perfect example. I remember seeing a woman who had been at her job for a very long time. She was a nurse and, um, she, out of nowhere, she had no concerns about her job. I got something about, I saw a woman coming in and this is where I had the card spread out, but then clairvoyantly, I saw a woman coming in. I described what she looked like, like she was hired. Um, and she's like, no, she goes, I'm safe at my job. I said, all right, well, I said, I could be wrong too. Like, this is not an exact science. Any of us could be wrong. I said, but I'm seeing this. There's a reason they're showing me this. And I'm seeing something in the cards about a change in job. Like, it validated that. And she was adamant that wasn't going to happen. And about four weeks later, I got an email that she wanted another appointment because the woman that I described came in and fired everybody. (gasps) Wow. Get the heck out of here. You know, I was like, I felt bad. I mean, that was great, the validation. And I actually, another one, just um, three weeks ago, I did an event. 
Um, it was a mediumship gallery, but a woman came to me two years prior for a tarot reading. And she said, everything you said made sense to me at the time, but one thing you kept telling me, check my thyroid, check my thyroid. And um, I remember, I, I didn't remember her at first when she came up to me, because she's like, do you remember me? I said, no, I meet a lot of people. And she started to explain, I said, you know, I do vaguely remember that reading. And I remember, for some reason, I had this vision of me looking at a car, and I got drawn to something blue in the card, throat chakra. And, um, and then I think, I don't know if I had a feeling or I saw an image of like, and I said to her, do you have thyroid um, issues? And she said, no. I said, I don't know. Just keep watch. And she was like, that was the only thing that didn't make sense. She said about three months later, she went for just routine blood work. She had thyroid cancer. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's amazing. So that's why it's things like that. And it's happened a lot over the years. But that's why I know when I have a, a difficult client and I'm saying things that it's like, no, you're wrong, or that's not going to happen. I, I don't take it personal and get upset and think I'm wrong anymore. I yep. just let it go and say, well, this is what I'm seeing. You're, I always tell people, record it or take notes and listen back in a year or two to see what's come to fruition. Um, I say, you know, and, I, and I just, that's how I deal with it. Like, I'm not mean and I don't fight back. You know, I'm not going to fight back with them. They're yeah. putting the wall up. But this is, what, you know, this may have not been what you wanted to hear or what you were focused on, but there's a reason it came through. So just file it for future reference. Like, that's... That's it. For those of you listening to the show, when you hear growling, it's not demons, it's the bird in the background. That's amazing. So did she thank you or just she just wanted to she let did. you know? Yeah. And of course, she's like, I just had to tell you. And I said, of course, the first thing I said to her was, are you okay? Yeah. She goes, oh, she goes, no, they removed it. I'm fine. Um, they removed the thyroid gland and then she did chemo and she goes, I, I've been, it's now been a year that I've been cancer free. Nice. And I said, well, that's great. I said, as long as you're okay. And she goes, well, I wasn't worried about that. I just wanted to give you that validation. It was the one thing in my reading that you said oh. that I didn't understand. And then that's what happened. And I was like, well, thank you for that. But I always worry, you know, I'm more worried about the other person. Yeah. And, and that's funny because she was worried. It's funny because she was worried about you like that. That's amazing. Yeah, no, I have, and I do, I have some great clients that are always, um, you know, very, very supportive of, of me, you know, more often than not, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. either for every, you know, 10 people, maybe one, you got one negative Nelly there, and then everybody else is, is open and wonderful and, you know, easy to talk to and deal with and, you know, love, you know, will email me or call me to tell me if something happened, yeah. you know, which I, I don't ask them to do, but I appreciate that because that's what gives me that confidence that I have to trust, yep. you know, that I'm not looking at a card and going, I'm drawn to this and I'm getting this and, I, you know, and then I'm totally off, you know, but, and that's my biggest thing to even the listeners and those that are getting into tarot, trust, do not doubt yourself and don't give your power away to let somebody else make you doubt yourself. When you're pulled to something in one of those cards, there is a reason. Sometimes interpretation, though, is hard, right? Yeah. Um, and sometimes if we allow our mind, our conscious mind, to get in the way of the interpretation, too, we can botch that completely. Um, you know, so that's why I always tell people, you could be wrong in the interpretation, but what you you were drawn to in that card or felt when you looked at that card, that's not wrong. So is it accurate to, to say that when you first get into tarot, read what each card is supposed to to mean so you can get that base information and then open yourself up to your instincts? Yeah, that's okay. exactly how I, um, and like I said, the base, some people will spend years studying every meaning. Like, I feel like I should, hold on, let me pull a card. 
Uh, what are we pulling here? What are we pulling here? All right, here. Here's the devil, right? So we got the devil. <sighs> that could mean a lot. That could mean addictions, um, drugs, alcohol, sex, any of that, right? It could be that you feel bonded to or tied to something that's not good for you anymore. That's not necessarily addiction. Maybe it's a person. Mm -hmm. Like, so, so we can go down the line with that. But then maybe I'm staring at this card. And I know that it means those things. And then I feel like it has nothing to do with addiction to a substance or gambling or even maybe it has nothing to do with another person. But like I look at these two and they're chained, right? They're held by chains. Mm -hmm. The person's like a prisoner of themselves. But if you look at the book meaning, that doesn't say that. That makes total sense. Mm hmm. Because sometimes you get into your own head and you can be your own worst enemy. Right. Hold yourself back yep. for so many things, whether it's careers or relationships or whatever. Exactly. And it's, it's, um, that's why I say it's good to have a basic understanding of the cards, mm -hmm. but you don't need to know front and back and memorize. And that's what some people do. And that's fine if that's the way they want to do it. But I, like I said, I feel like it does limit the information you can give and expand on in a reading for somebody. I totally agree. Yeah. And I keep thinking of that one reading that I had. Maybe that was the case. Yeah. Wow. What you made know, you get into tarot? tarot? So, so funny. I was afraid of tarot cards. Really? <laughs> yes. Especially the death card. I was like, ah. So when I, when I started on my journey as a medium, right, I was only doing mediumship readings. I wanted nothing to do with psychic readings. I wanted nothing to do with tarot cards. And the imagery is scary and blah, blah, blah. Then I had my very first tarot reading at somebody's house. And they were like, come on, we're all doing it. And, you know, each person one at a time was going in somebody's bedroom. So I went in there. And, of course, I was afraid. Um, and the woman kind of explained to me, like, some of those cards that, like, look, like the devil is a scary-looking card. And the death card is scary-looking. And, and I felt a little more comfortable with it. Um, and she did end up predicting my son. Which I said I wasn't having any more kids. Yeah. So, yeah. So so it was that following year when I, when I got pregnant with my son. I was like, well, there's something to this. Mm -hmm. um, and people had asked me in the past, oh, do you do psychic readings? Cause not, not everybody feels the need to or has anybody to connect with on the other side or, you know, lack of closure and stuff like that. And they just want to know about themselves. Mm -hmm. So I caved and I bought not the Rider weight. I bought... Um, it was Doreen Virtue at the time and Radley Valentine, but Doreen's not doing it anymore. Um, her angel tarot deck, because it, it's got the same, the four suits, the major, but it's all angels, right? So it's mm -hmm. not as scary looking. Yep. <laughs> so I started with that. And then I took their online angel tarot reading course um, to, to try to get a basis. And then from there, um, I was using them and I connected with them to an extent, but all of a sudden I started to feel like, you know, I feel like you need, I felt like I need called to use the absolute traditional ones, realizing it's all up for interpretation. So um, when did you first realize that you had abilities? Was it something that happened uh, early on or was it something that showed up later on? 
Yeah, so, it, you know, you always hear on TV, a lot of those, like, uh, psychics and mediums say they remember sensing spirits, you know, when they were five, six years old in their bedroom, or even younger than that. Um, and I was actually in my close to late 20s, I was about 27 years old, I had been diagnosed with panic disorder, I had a lot going on in my life at the time. And um, so I was going and seeing a therapist, and I was put on medication, and it wasn't helping, so I sought out a spiritual healer. Um, and at the time, I didn't even know what that was, but this woman, you know, had rave reviews that she could help people with anxiety, and that's all I wanted was to feel normal again. Um, so when I went to see her, and she did the healing on me, and I explained everything that had been going on for the last six months, she told me um, that, I, that I was a medium. And um, so from there, I started to learn about it, but I was um, confused because... They do say, you know, if you have it, you're born with it. And that's, you know, that's kind of it. And I didn't understand why um, it came out so later. Um, and the woman, Pat, um, who was a healer, had asked me um, if I had a trauma as a child, which I did. Um, and I don't have any memories before the age of seven. Um, and that's when the trauma happened. Um, then there was another trauma later on. Later on, that's when... Um, the anxiety and the panic attacks were like, I'd never had anxiety before. So it was kind of like a light switch to shut it down. And then another light switch happened to turn it back on again. Um, but it was crazy because that's what made me reevaluate and realize I don't have any memories before the age of seven. Um, and I didn't have a, a bad or, or abusive upbringing, but there was one thing that happened at the age of seven that caused me to kind of shut, shut down. <laughs> so that's amazing. Um, yeah. So then, that's really, really how it all started. And it made sense to me because you even talk or I, I watch a lot of stuff on your death experiences, too. And there are people and I've even met some people that have um, didn't think they had anything. And then they had this NDE. And then all of a sudden now they're like connected to the divine or they're very clairvoyant or they're, you know, you know, they could tell you everything about yourself or they could tell you about your loved ones on the other side. It's, it's wild. But I also feel like there's a time in everyone's life. Um, especially since now I teach, um, psychic and mediumship development and tarot and all that. Um, I have uh, people coming to me, they're 50, 60 years year old people, um, that are just starting to get into this or realize that they have something. Um, and I truly feel like there's certain things in life that we have to go through and there's certain times when this is supposed to come out. So yes, I feel like, and I do feel like everybody has it to an extent. Um, some people are naturally gifted and have it stronger because maybe there's a purpose to serve with that in their life um but it comes out at the time it's supposed to so that stuff you hear on tv a lot of the times about those mediums that say when they were a child that's not don't compare yourself to that because that's not always the norm i always use the example of eyesight for example some people like most people have eyesight but from different levels. Some people have great, like 2020 or even better than that. Or somebody like myself who needs to wear glasses. Uh, we have eyesight, but it's just different levels. Right. No, it's true. That makes perfect sense. Um, in case it didn't come through uh, earlier, I just want to let the listeners uh, know again that if you hear growls, it's not demons. It's her birds in the background. We haven't heard it for a little bit, but I, I can't remember if uh, where I mentioned that earlier and if it was recorded or not. So just to let you know, <laughs> please don't freak out. <laughs> so um, it makes me wonder, though, when you had that blockage at the age of seven around, around there yeah. um, and all of a sudden you you had all this anxiety, I wonder. it makes me f feel and wonder if 
all those years of having that blockage, you just had this built up. It was just built and built and built that you're supposed to have these abilities. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, my God, something's not right. And then finally, something else happened to kind of the floodgates kind of opened up. Yeah, floodgates opened to yeah. release the energy. Um, yeah, and that's why, like I was telling um, you before, I've had people that have started to come to me because they're going to therapy for anxiety and depression and um, clinical side of things are trying to do the right thing and they're not getting anywhere with their therapist. And I've had two separate therapists, one with their PhD, send me clients when they've gone through their whole clinical side of things um, that have not been able to pinpoint a trauma that had happened in this life to cause their anxieties or their fears. In this life, I like how you word that. Yeah, because yep. I do regression. I do past life regressions too. Really? Oh. Yeah, I study with um, Dr. Brian Weiss. You know who that is? No. Well, as many masters. That that's something that's always fascinated me. I've always wanted to do that. Yeah. Wow. Now sometimes we do carry stuff, and I've had my own oh, regressions where I've had aha moments. Um, which is oh, that could be a whole other podcast because <laughs> I've got stories, but um. Yeah, sometimes I, I do, um, you know, I, I've, I've seen it. Like, I can't sit here and, and tell people it really exists. But from what I've seen, my research and things like that and, and experiences, I could say that sometimes on a soul level, we do sometimes carry things back forward with us that we have to release. Um, you know, and sometimes it's strictly someone's very sensitive to other people's em- energy and intuitive and empath. Yep. Um, and they don't, and this is what was happening to me is I didn't realize like I'd be at the store and I'd be totally fine. And then all of a sudden I feel like I can't breathe and I'd have to leave. I ran away from a shopping cart once I ran out of home Depot once. Um, the room was spinning. My heart was racing. I'm thinking I have a heart attack. There were several times I wanted to call 911. Um, once I was shown by this woman, Pat, what was truly going on, And I was able to understand that and really put it together and say, oh, so you're telling me whether it's somebody living or deceased, I'm picking up on their physical issues or emotional issues or um, or the energy of a space um, that I won't feel this way. So then when I started to do readings, I never meant for it to become a career. I was doing it just to to understand it so I could feel better. And, And, you know, obviously God had other plans for me is how I look at it because now I do this full time. But um, once I put that together, I felt so much better, like that release that, mm-hmm. um, cause I would feel something and say, Oh, are you having, um, you, know, you have high blood pressure, you know, cause I am starting to get dizzy spells. Like I'm reading somebody and, you know, I'm getting some chest pains, tightness in the chest and they'd say yes. And I'd say, okay, it's not mine. I'd let it go. It goes away. Like oh, I don't hold no. on to it now. I was holding on to it and processing it as my own because I didn't know any better that it wasn't mine what would you tell someone who feels that way and to try and get them to realize that it's not actually coming from them, that it's actually coming to coming from other people around them, whether a shopping mall or whatever, what can they do to, to get, to stop that feeling? And maybe they're all, maybe they're on so many different kinds of medications because the doctors are like, yeah, you have this, but they really don't. What would you say to a person like that? Um, so I tell, I tell people the first thing you have to do is be mindful of, um, what's happened to you that day or what's going on in your life or where you are in the moment. So it's kind of like before you allow it to snowball into say a full blown panic attack, if you start to feel uneasy or anxious, like if you could get into a habit and it's not easy, but I did it. It took time to catch yourself in the mind before you let it snowball. And say, Oh my God, I think something's wrong with me. 
um, cause I, I did become a hypochondriac because of it. <laughs> I can um, see how I can, that makes sense. Yeah. I stopped. I've taught, I've trained myself to stop and say, okay, did something happen to me in the last couple of hours that could have set me off? Right. Like, um, or upset me or no. Okay. No fights today with anybody. You know, everything's been cool. Um, what's going on in my life right now? What did I eat today? What did I drink today? Like I tried to rationalize to see, is it me? And sometimes you can say, you come to something and say, oh crap, you know what? I got into a spat with my coworker today and maybe I ignored it so I could work the rest of the day, but now it's affecting me. Oh, you know, cause we carry those emotions and try yeah. to hide them. And then sometimes it's like, no, I was around this person who was in a bad mood. And you're like, oh, that wasn't mine. Yep. You realize it. And when you have that aha moment, that's when it stops. Hmm. So that's what I always tell people. Just be mindful of your surroundings what's been going on in your life or what had happened on that day. If you can't find something in your mind, (laughs) you can't find something in your mind that has to do with a personal issue to you. Maybe you didn't notice the person you were standing next to online at the checkout counter wasn't a bad mood, but once you realize there's nothing that you can attribute to, you have to just let it go because it was something you picked up from somebody else or a location that you were at. You know, yeah, you could walk into a room and you feel a shift. It could be it could be a good shift, it could be a bad shift, but it's the same kind of thing. And sometimes it's subtle and sometimes we don't catch it right away, especially if we're not in tune. Yes. Now I can't do it all the time. Mm-hmm. But in the beginning, I wouldn't have been able to realize that, like, something was off in a room. I just would feel the energy and think, oh, my God, why is your heart racing? Something's wrong with your heart, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I, um, I use... This has happened. So I I work at a hotel here and I worked at a hotel in Alberta as well. And when you walk in, it just, especially the place that uh, I worked at in Alberta, you walked in and it had such a good energy and I wound up getting hired there as I'm signing, as I'm checking in, you know, I got hired on the spot. Um, But because it was good management, they treated their, their employees with respect and uh, actually cared for them. And the employees were thankful for that, and you could feel that good energy in the hotel. And I find it's like that with any business. Sometimes you walk in. I mean, I've, I've left a dentist quite a few years ago because I didn't like the feel in the office. I mean, the um, uh, receptionists were amazing people, but there was just something you could just feel. I, I, and I felt it came from the owner, the, the head the dentist. And I just asked to go to, I, I went to a different dental office because you could feel that she was so hard on her, her staff found out later on she actually was she wasn't a very nice individual but she has a business to run whatever um but you could actually feel it when you go in yeah like the tension yeah, yeah i get that yeah. And it's like i That's don't want to be here <laughs> yeah especially if you had to go to the dentist or like the doctor like you don't want to be there to begin with so you want it to be as calm as yes. possible <laughs> and she and the dentist was calm there was no reason for me to to think she was a bad person but i was definitely picking up on the energies in the building and i'm like i i don't want to be here anymore and went someplace else and it was just so much better and right. and when you walked in the smiles were genuine you could feel it too and it was amazing so yeah those energies especially like I am in tune with a lot of stuff like that it's just amazing mm-hmm. so do you have any other family members who are sensitive as well have have abilities actually it's funny you brought that up because I was on the phone with my mom this morning we were talking about that um so I was the one that really came out of the closet and said hey I have this ability um which then in turn started to make other people, like my mom, for example, say to me, 
oh, well, I've experienced this, this, and this before. But, you know, they don't really say much. Um, And never really thought they had anything, you know, intuitive or... Um, and then we were actually talking about my grandma this morning cause she had a lot of anxiety and I don't remember that side of her cause I was a kid. Um, she left her job from her anxiety. She used to live on Valiums. Wow. She was a nurse. Yeah. She was a um, nurse, you said? Yes. Yeah. And, uh, I had no idea, um, about all this until, you know, I got older and now she's passed. So I can't even ask her about oh. it, but she, um, but yeah, so I, cause I said to my mom, I said, I, it's definitely hereditary. I've seen this with other people and it's genetic in a way, um, even though it may be, we have it for different reasons. Like maybe your purpose, one person may have it, maybe to just help them make the best decisions for themselves and listen to that intuitive guidance of, you know, make mm-hmm. the right hand turn today, not the left yep. to save you from a catastrophe. And other people are meant to help other people learn it and, or shed light on that or, or give readings. And like I said, I'm very blessed that I get to do this for a living. I love what I do. Uh, I never would have a million years thought that this is what I would be doing. Um, you know, so I definitely, my kids, my kids all have different, um, my oldest daughter has been, um, and she's actually come to some of my classes, but I always say you still got to be a kid. She's 13. So I don't let her too much. Yeah. And she does like, she loves the paranormal stuff. So once in a while I'll let her come on an investigation, but, um, I always tell her kids are vulnerable and uh, you gotta be careful, but she's, um, actually brought through people. Even she brought through uh, relatives of mine once, like with very specific information that I said made no sense to me. And then I asked my mother and my mother understood it. I was like, Whoa. Oh, wow. Um, and she also, um, is pretty good at predictions with tarot cards for a 13 year old kid. And then we have my middle daughter who's 11, um, who is so sensitive, but she doesn't actually, and I believe from being her mom and, and seeing the way she handles things, I feel it's fear-based that she doesn't present any information or say like, Oh, I'm seeing this man standing there and he's wearing a top hat and he's holding a guitar. Like my other daughter will do that. Um, everything is, she's afraid. I feel like I'm being watched. I feel like, you know, and this has been going on for years. Like, and then we have my son and he's six now. Um, he always says that he sees things, but I think he just, cause he knows what I do and he knows his older sister's always talking about paranormal yeah. stuff. He'll be like, like we went to Gettysburg back in the fall and I found out he told his teacher, um, that he, he saw a man or something with a, with a gun. But I don't know if he really saw it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's six. He just wants to be part of the family. <laughs> like, like you mom. Yeah. Um, but I do think, cause I remember when he was a baby, that's the one that was predicted in the, that tarot mm-hmm. reading. Um, I would come home from readings and I would hold him and he wouldn't look me in the face. He, I mean, even at like nine to 12 months, I'd hold him and he'd look above my head and smile. And I, and it was always when I first came home from sessions. So I thought that was weird. Like, so, and I do believe children and animals, um, because they don't have that when they're that little, nothing clouding their mind. They haven't started learning things and using the brain in that way that they're more open to it. But yeah, no, there's definitely genetics. My mom gets shadow. She'll hear things, see things. Um, and she'll always poo poo them. And then the last couple of years now she's like, Hmm. So who do you think this is in my room? I woke up and there was a shadow on the side of my bed. And then I'm like, so now she's opening yeah. because I opened. Yep. And the more you open, then you're going to be seeing more things. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Once you allow yourself. Yeah. Cause now in, in that conversation this morning and talking about my grandma and I said, I bet your grandma had it and tried to ignore it you know and my mom same thing try to ignore things and now she can't anymore because it's even happening more frequently to her and I think it's because you know she 
is starting to get more involved with like she'll come to some of my events or like she'll come on an investigation because um, she does love this stuff. She thinks it's cool. Um, so I think it's opening up uh, her more. But she even um, her I didn't even realize this, but when we were having this conversation, her father died in 1974, so I never met him. He would have been a hundred on Tuesday. Oh wow! Uh, Monday night I. I had acquired on a paranormal investigation two weeks ago a really, really cool antique that this person wanted out of their house. Mm-hmm. It's a World War II gun from Japan. Oh, wow. And I didn't feel like there's anything attached to the gun, but there was stuff coming out in the investigation where he was like, take the gun. I was like, I will definitely take this gun. And my, my kids love history. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they were so excited. We got this cool showpiece. But I decided the other day to sit with some equipment and see, just to see if I got anything. Because I, I was like, I don't think anything's actually attached to this, but um, which we didn't get anything. But, and I don't, I do this very rarely, um, but I actually put on a spirit box and I had my K2 and um, my grandfather and Ed came through and that was my grandfather's name. And I was like, eh. And then I was telling my mom this morning when we were talking about my grandmother, and um, I said, oh, I meant to tell you this. And she said, well, he would have been 100 on Tuesday. She goes, I thought about him all day. So now she's like, could, could you come over to my house with a spirit box and see if you talk to my dad? <laughs> yeah, so now she, I was like, yeah, and then you're going to call me saying, oh, there's a shadow in my room. Who is it? Because it's ring in my house, you know. <laughs> have you ever seen the Patrick Swayze movie Ghost? Oh my God! Yes. Yeah. Like so time. I, when Whoopi Goldberg, she was she was a charlatan, you know. Yeah, but yeah. then all of a sudden, no, no, she it, all the ghosts made it, you know she she went from no she's a fraud to stop coming to see me. So I kind of use that analogy sometimes too. Is when people start getting into the paranormal, then it's like, well, be prepared. You're going to be like if you don't see it, you might hear it, you might sense it. Like I, I don't know what your ability is, but you are going to start having some more experiences. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'll notice too, um, this is in the beginning um, when I started to do this kind of work or just started to learn, I should say, not actually doing it for work yet. I used to try to go to sleep at night right between the sleep and wake state, like almost like when you're in a deep meditated state, meditate, I'd start to see faces and uh, symbols and colors. And then I'd jump up and I'd be freaked out. I didn't understand what was happening, um, which had stopped once I started to hone in on my abilities and, and accept them and all of that. But when I go, not when I do readings or group readings, when I go on investigations, nine times out of 10, when I go home and go to sleep, even though I cleanse myself and everything, that will happen to me. I'll start to see as I'm falling asleep, but I don't get scared anymore. I'm just like, leave me alone. I'm tired. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's strange that that will happen only when I do paranormal investigations. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Are you with a team or do you go by yourself? You know, I have a team. Okay. Do you yeah. want to say the name of the team? Oh, Full Moon Paranormal. It's based out of Middletown, New York. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll, if it's okay with you, uh, I'll add the links to the show notes so people can find your team. Awesome. That'd be great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not a problem. Yeah. It's just amazing how um, when when we start opening up like that, and uh, sometimes, because I'm an investigator too, I'm kind of on a hiatus right now. It just doesn't feel right to investigate. So I told the team I'm going to step back for right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll ask for a sign. And no matter how prepared you are, we'll all go, bah! you know, and then we uh, <laughs> then we have to say, sorry, sorry, we didn't mean that. We because you half expect a response, but you kind of half don't expect a response too. so when it does uh-huh. happen, you kind of get startled. And we owe each time we have to say we're very sorry for that reaction. That's we wanted you to 
to uh, respond, but it just kind of caught us off guard. And that's why we kind of, we all yelped at the same time or whatever, like, please continue, you know? It's true. Because I always I say um, ghost hunting or paranormal investigation is like fishing. Like they call it fishing, not catching for a reason. It's the same thing. Because yeah. nine times out of 10, you could sit there for four or six hours and get nothing. Like, yep. you know, it's not on command. No. Um, you know, and I, it's funny. I actually just had an experience that I acquired my first haunted object. Did you really? What is it? It's a doll. Um, of course. I'm a bit afraid of dolls. I never liked and dolls. This girl was like, I was at, we were at a, a place doing an overnight investigation for fun. It was actually for my daughter's 13th birthday because she's always wanted to go here and you had to be 13 in December. And she, that's what she wanted for her birthday. So we went and this woman had these haunted dolls that worked there. And so we ended up taking two because um, she offered one to my daughter for her birthday. My daughter was kind of freaked out. She goes, well, I have ones that are not inhabited if you just want a doll. Um, so she took one and I, I fell in love with this other one because it kind of looked like me as a child. Yeah. And it even had a dress that my grandmother had made it very similar to a dress she sewed for me when I was like four that's or five. That's interesting. Um, and we were getting and the first couple days, nothing. I had a cat ball with her. And then we had her downstairs. I spent 30 minutes talking to this thing. I had different meters. Nothing's happening. I said, all right, maybe there's nothing in here. Put her, I bring her up to my bedroom, put the ball on her lap and I leave. And about 20 minutes later, I came up to my room to get the laptop and I look over and the ball's going off. And I was like, was that me? Like closing the door, the vibration. So I just stood there. It went off six times in a row and I almost crapped my pants. I was like, oh my God, there's really something in there. <laughs> And now me and the kids, oh my God, we brought her, we brought her places. Like she's like our best friend. <laughs> like our little spirit baby. That's funny. Uh, yes. But it's funny how we ask for um, a sign and then when we get it, we're like, ah! Yeah, yeah, I was, I did not expect that. And then it got to the point where I would go to bed. I thought my husband was freaked out and he's, he and I investigate together. I mean, him and I, that was one of the things in the way beginning, like when we met, we loved that stuff. Um, and we would do, and then we had kids, so then we didn't do it for a while, but now we're getting back into it. Now that I'm with the nice. team, we'll do things together, him and I. But um, we would get in bed, and I'd say, all right, good night, Lily, because I named her. <laughs> and all of a sudden, the ball would go off like three times. Like, you know what I mean? Like, almost on command, like saying good night, and it was doing it every night for a while, mm -hmm. but it stopped. But I thought that was weird, that it was specific when I would get into bed at night. I'd say good night, and then she'd light the ball up three times. And I was like, and it was every night for several weeks she did that. And I was like, that's really cool. I love it when you get a response at the moment that you ask for something like, uh, let's say you're on investigation or oh, not necessarily, but you could have like a, a spirit box or something and you ask a specific question and then you get an actual intelligent reply that makes sense to what you just asked at that moment. I mean, there, it can't be a coincidence. I know. And that's what I love about this side of it and using the equipment. Cause like, yes, I could as a medium say, Oh, I heard a name or I feel this presence and I'm seeing a man or whatever, or even using tarot cards or, you know, Oh, I could get this information and, and interpret and say, this is what I'm sensing. But when you have that exactly on command, you ask yes or no questions. Could you do red for yes and green for no, or, you know, light the K2 up or, you know what I mean? And when they do that, it's like, you can't, you can't make that up. Like I yeah. can't, you can't say, Oh, that's just in your head or question what I received as a psychic or a medium. It's right in front of you. And it's so exciting when it happens, when you get that validation. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. It's like we're a bunch <laughs> of kids in a candy shop and you're just so giddy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Yeah, love me it. too. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, we're at the end. Would you, there's a couple of things I'd like to get from you uh, before we sign off. Could you give any insights or um, any thoughts on anyone wanting to get into tarot and then tell us where we can find you? Sure. So I would recommend the first thing you do is you go out and just go out and get that standard Rider Waite deck. It's the most easiest. Um, I feel, I, I personally feel like as a beginner's deck, um, you know, and they make mini ones. They make the regular size. I even have like the large size. Okay. I mean, I don't have some problems, but I like them. Like the, they probably are, I don't know, maybe eight inches or 10 inches tall. They're big. Um, but go out and get, and and just glance through the book. That's it. Glance, take, you know, take in what you can take your time with it. Don't try to memorize it all. You know, just get that basic understanding of each card over time. And then from there, honestly, put the book to the side. And like I said, put those cards out, but find, find a practice friend, you know, a practice person, even if they want to start with a question instead of doing just a general, what do, what do you get off of me? Because sometimes I have people that say, oh, I don't have anything specific. Just tell me what you get. I'd say maybe start with somebody asking you a specific question. So it gives you a little bit more of a focus. Yeah. Um, and then pull, pull two or three cards, you know, and then see again, start with, all right. So you might know a basic understanding of those meanings, but you know, the meaning of the card, but what, what are you drawn to and why and see if you could feel into why. And then, present the information and then, and then give it a little bit of time and see if what you picked up on, you know, if they're able to validate in the moment, something you picked up on the past or present. Cool. If you give them a potential future or something, give it some time, tell them to get back to you when, you know, it does or does not happen. But like I said, don't be upset. If you know, it's not, like I said, it's not an exact science. You're not always going to be right. And it's not that you were wrong in what you picked up on, but again, interpretation, you know, and you have to remember that you just got to trust, trust, trust. The, one of the, the other thing I meant to say earlier that I forgot, too, there's different ways that people like to do the cards. Like, some people like to shuffle, fan them out, pull. Some people like to shuffle, um, then do, like, you know, cut the deck into two or three, and then put them on top and pull off the top. Some people like to go sometimes from the bottom of the deck, too. Interesting. Some people like to just sit there and shuffle, shuffle, shuffle until cards fall out. Oh. Like, let it... Yeah, so that's another thing, too. Again, there's no right or wrong... Don't ever think there's a right or wrong way to do anything in tarot. It's all about the intention and what feels right for you. You know, even the way you're reading them. And some people want to read them upside down. Other people, I don't read them upside down. If something comes out upside down, I turn it around. Because like I said, I'm using more of the what I'm drawn to in that card and my intuition, not just that literal meaning. So, but if you got to do what's right for you. You don't have to like follow one way or the other. You could even go out and take classes. You know, there's video, YouTube videos and things like that where you can learn basics. Um, you may want to take classes or, or watch those videos and incorporate two or three different techniques from different readers. Go for it. You know, do you make up your own style. Whatever feels right for you. Yes. Nice. And now where can we find you? Um, so uh, my website is psychiclisamorrison.com, um, and I'm also on Facebook as Psychic Medium Lisa Morrison. And I am located in uh, Washingtonville, New York, which is in Orange County. But nice. I do phone readings. I do Zoom readings. I have clients all over the world. So, Wow, nice. Yeah. And it, does your um, team have a social media or a website or anything? Uh, yep, Full Moon Paranormal. Um, that's the same for both, uh, full moon paranormal on Facebook and full moon paranormal dot com is the, um, actual webpage. Okay. And again, you listeners know I'll be adding the links to the show notes, so it'll be easier to find. Thank you so much, Lisa. This was very 
fascinating. I loved it um, so much that I didn't know because I, did, I didn't know much about tarot in the beginning, you know. But um, I, I'm, I'm very enlightened now. So thank you very much. Oh, thank you so much for having me. And thanks again to Big Al. <laughs> thank you, Al. We love you, Al. <laughs> Take care. Well, we've made it to the end of another episode. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, take care of each other. And if you'd like to be on the show or have questions and comments, just drop me an email, paranormalheart13 at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. Paranormal Heart would like to extend a special thank you to PurplePlanet.com for supplying the music for the show. The views and opinions expressed on Paranormal Heart are those of the host and participants.